You're listening to the Food Freedom Life Podcast. My name is Brittany Allison, and I spent six plus years stuck in diet binge cycles, hating my body, and envying others who seem to have it all because I never felt enough. What I discovered in my journey to food freedom and becoming a registered dietitian is this. You can either live your life at war with your mind or learn to work in sync with it. So if you're ready to learn how to be in tune with yourself and evolve your life, welcome to the show. Coming out of the long weekend, how much diet talk did you have to face? Was your family going at it, eating all the delicious foods, but also beating themselves up about it? Was your aunt commenting on how you're getting a second helping of dessert? Was your uncle going on and on and on about his new diet and how it's the best thing ever and everyone should do it? Even though you are working on your relationship with food and your body, it does not mean that the other people in your life are doing the same. And in fact, they might be doing the opposite. They could be really in the diet cycle and talking about it all the time. So how do you manage or further your intuitive eating journey and stay focused on your body and what's best for you and regain confidence and trust in your eating? If you're surrounded by people, whether it's a partner, maybe it's family, siblings, maybe it's a parent, whoever it might be, but you're surrounded by these people all of the time and they're making unsolicited comments or, you know, they're saying things about their food choices or your food choices that are just not helpful or they're actually really harmful or they're bringing you to a mental space with your eating that's causing you to question your choices to further restrict, to not be able to heal from dieting or disordered eating because you have these eyes on you all the time, no matter what you do, how do you manage it? Does any of this sound familiar? Have you ever been in a scenario where you're hearing someone else make a comment about someone else's plate? Or maybe that comment is directed towards you. Or maybe you've even been the one making the comment because I know I've definitely been there before when I was in that place with food and my body where I was really focused on it in a toxic way. So I'm just curious before we move forward if this is resonating with you at all because it's so normalized to hear these comments and to make these comments too. We're brought up in a culture that doesn't necessarily teach us to keep our eyes on our own plates and it also doesn't teach us that There's harm that comes with not keeping our eyes on our own plates or minding our own business when it comes to food choices. So if you're nodding your head saying, I get it, I've been there, maybe on both sides of the conversation, I'm really glad you're here. And I hope this episode is going to share a couple of helpful tips and action steps that you can take to implement moving forward, whether you're the person who's receiving the comments or if you're the person who's making those comments. So we're going to get into it. What I want to say as we are diving into this conversation about diet talk, food talk, whatever you want to call it, there are a lot of different ways that you can handle this. But for this episode, I'm going to categorize it into five main strategies that you can use when working through and challenging diet talk. But before we get into these five strategies, I want to circle back in on what I said a second ago, that phrase about keeping your eyes on your own plate. And with this, I think it's important to understand or just know that the person who's making the comment is doing so with positive intention, right? I think for many of us, when we're so frustrated and we're so sick of hearing these comments or making these comments, whatever side of the coin you fall on, we meet them with just frustration and aggression. And that is very valid and it's very, very warranted. And at the same time, I think it can be helpful if we can assume that no harm was intended by those comments. Because if we assume that no harm was intended, that person who made the comment is trying to be helpful. Maybe in that space, we can hold a little bit of kindness or compassion for that individual, and it will just help in our tone of how we choose to respond. And maybe even instead of just responding with aggression and frustration and all of that, we can respond in a way that we can help them to maybe understand or maybe give a little bit of education in a sense so that they know why that's not helpful 
and why you prefer those types of comments to not continue. So again, we can assume positive and helpful intention, even if it really does not come across that way, or even if that's just not how you receive it, we need to assume that intention. And I think it's really helpful to remember that the impact of the words that we say matters much more than the intention behind them, of course, right? Impact matters more than intention. It doesn't matter how much you wanted to help or how much you're trying to be nice. If the impact that your words have is not helpful, if they leave the person second guessing themselves or feeling bad about themselves, the impact of what you or anyone else is saying matters more than the good intentions behind those words. So now that we know why it's important to just keep our eyes on our own plates and mind our own business, we know oftentimes why that boundary is overstepped is just because we live in a world that really normalizes not minding our own plates and making comments about other people's food choices and other people's bodies, but we know that is not helpful and we don't want to go there if we can help it. And I want to take a moment before we dive into these five strategies that before you're deciding how to handle this diet talk that's coming up, I first really encourage you to just check in with yourself and your energy levels at that moment. And what I mean by checking in with you and how you're doing and your energy and how that is and how you're feeling when these comments are made, it can just be really helpful in guiding you to the right decision for you, the right response in that moment, knowing that sometimes the right decision for you when it comes to handling diet talk will be engaging in a helpful way and standing up for yourself and setting that boundary with the individual who made the comment and saying, hey, this is not up for discussion. This is not where the conversation is going. I don't appreciate this. It stops here, right? So sometimes the right decision for you may be engaging and setting that boundary. Other times in checking in with your energy levels and how you're feeling and how you're doing on the day or in that moment when the comment is made, you might find that the right decision for you in that moment is choosing not to engage and not to say anything. And that may be also just distracting from the conversation. I think oftentimes in this world of intuitive eating and regaining and reclaiming our sense of trust in our bodies and autonomy in our food choices, sometimes we feel that stepping back from a challenge or stepping back from a conversation and not confronting it, I almost feel like sometimes it's represented as, well, you're not doing enough or you're not doing the right thing on your healing journey. But just so you know, it is not your job to turn all of these conversations into an educational session on the non-diet approach. And I know I've felt that way before that I had to do this or I should do this. And sometimes I've seen content online and it kind of makes us believe that. However, I want to provide a bit of a different perspective here because I really feel like if you're having a day where your energy levels are low, your mood is already kind of off, you're not in the best mental place, you're having challenging moments on many sides of your life and you're really just not feeling it, you're not feeling up to challenging the conversation or setting the boundary, it might be the right decision for you to just back down for the moment for the day and choose not to engage in that conversation, but not view it as I'm backing down or I'm not standing up for myself or I'm doing all the wrong things. Don't go there because that's not what it is. Instead, I would encourage you to view this as an act of self-care and self-preservation because let's be honest, we've all had those days where we're just not feeling it. We don't want to talk. We don't want to engage for whatever reason it might be. And whatever that reasoning is, your reasoning is valid. And I can imagine, again, speaking from personal experience and maybe imagining how you're feeling when you're hearing these words, but I can imagine on those days challenging that comment, that conversation, whatever it may be, 
might bring you down even more if the conversation doesn't go exactly how you intended. So you really want to just make sure that you're in a good headspace before deciding how to approach and how to proceed. So again, before I dive into these five strategies for you, the first step when you hear a comment or when someone isn't minding their own plate, before you decide how to respond, just pause for a moment, check in with you and know that how you respond to these comments might be different on different days. So just make the right decision for you based on your energy levels, your environment, your mental space, just knowing that that can change and differ from day to day or who you're with. On some days, the best thing for you might be standing up to this talk, setting a boundary, educating someone in a compassionate way, and other times it is equally okay to step down and say, for my self-care and my self-preservation, I'm just not going to say anything and I'm going to distract the conversation because let's be honest, I can't deal with this right now and that's okay. So now that we're really clear on checking in with you as being the first step to handling diet talk or challenging any of it, strategy one ties really well into what I was just saying. If you check in with yourself and your energy levels are down, if you're not feeling it, whatever is going on in your day, it's just not having you feel like you want to engage or challenge or stand up to this talk again, it's okay. And in this scenario, the best thing that you can do is to change the subject. The idea of changing the subject for some reason whenever it comes to my mind or the example that comes to my mind is someone saying something, you hear it, you maybe laugh a little bit, kind of an awkward laugh. Maybe you have just not the happiest look on your face, but then maybe you bring up something that's happening in your environment. That is the best way to distract the conversation. Whatever is in your environment, in your surroundings in that moment, whatever is at the front of your mind that you just want to reroute the conversation to, you have permission to go ahead and do that. Distract the individual who made the comment to let them know on a very implicit level, hey, I don't want to talk about this. So we're going to talk about the weather. We're going to talk about what we're doing next weekend, what you want to talk about on that day in the moment that's just not food or body or diet related. There is no harm in just changing the subject and hoping the individual jumps on that train of conversation with you. If they don't, just keep changing the subject or just keep not engaging in the diet talk. Shut them down. Don't engage. Don't involve yourself. And eventually we can hope that the individual will get the message that this point of conversation that they're trying to poke and prod at is not up for conversation right now. So again, strategy one is to change the subject. If you don't feel like going in there, you don't want to engage on any level. I've done this many times and there is no shame or harm in that. The second strategy is a little more involved, but still fairly hands-off because it directs the attention away from you, which is part of what makes setting a boundary so hard, right? It's that all the attention gets dragged onto you and you have to be the center of attention and ask for something difficult. But with this strategy, it keeps the attention onto the other person. And this strategy is called the check-in. And basically what this looks like is if someone is being really hard on themselves with food, like, oh, I shouldn't be eating this, or I'm going to have to hit the gym extra hard tomorrow, or God, this looks like enough calories for the whole day. Or maybe with body image, they're like, oh, I look so terrible in this, or I really need to get my weight under control or whatever else to check in with them. Because what we really can take from this is that in that moment, their internal gremlin voice is going wild. It's so loud that the words can't help but bubble up to the surface. And that's why they can't help but say something, right? So what this strategy looks like is to check in with them and say something like, it sounds like you're being really hard on yourself when it comes to XYZ with your eating or with your body or with your weight, whatever else. Are you doing okay? 
right? It sounds like you're being really hard on yourself. Are you doing okay? And honestly, this is my favorite strategy because instead of staying on the surface level with all the diet talk and having that be the center of attention in the conversation, it allows a door to open into deeper chats about maybe what's really going on with that person. And it might not always turn out that way. They might just say like, oh no, I'm fine. But I mean, that could lead you to changing the conversation, which could be really helpful, but it could also potentially lead to a place where really supportive conversations can happen and maybe you can get closer to a person and understand them better. Because remember, dieting is a distraction. Hyper-focusing on your body is a distraction. It's a surface-level shield from what's really going on, like deeper insecurities, abandonment issues, confidence issues, fears about not being loved or desired or accepted, or fear of health issues or whatever else. So checking in with that person can just help to crack the surface a little bit. And if you feel brave about it, maybe you could also share a little bit about what's going on with you and what you're doing in your intuitive eating journey. If you want, if that feels good in the moment, But that strategy too is to check in. The third strategy is called thanks, but I'm good. And what I mean by this is you're addressing what the individual has said to you in a gentle way. So you're not blowing up at them or anything like that, but you're saying something like, thanks for your concern or thanks for caring about me or thanks for trying to look out for me. Just something very simple, thanking them. Because again, as we talked about a couple moments ago, they might not know that the impact their words are having is harmful. We're hoping that they're coming with a positive intention. So we want to address whatever they're saying with this simple, I hear you and thanks for your concern. Thanks for wondering about me or keeping tabs on me or whatever it might be, even if you don't feel fully thankful or letting that person know that they're seen and heard So the second part, the but I'm good part comes with the second statement here. So what that might sound like is, hey, thanks for your concern. I'm really doing what's best for my body and making this food choice or, you know, thanks for worrying about me and my health, but what I'm eating right now feels really good for me. Or, you know, thanks for wondering about X, Y, and Z. And at the same time, I'm really hungry right now. So I'm honoring my hunger in a way that makes sense for me. And I could go on with many, many examples here, but the thanks, but I'm good is one of my favorites because we're addressing what they've said with kindness. And we're also firmly saying, I'm doing what's best for me because I live in my body and I know my cues and I know my preferences. I know my life. You don't necessarily know that on the same level that I do. So take that and use it for what it's worth. Now, the fourth strategy is called tell it like it is. And we can look at these strategies as almost a stepwise process. So the first time someone says something, maybe you change the subject, reroute the conversation, hope they won't bring it up again. Second time, you offer them kindness, you check in with them. Maybe the third time you use the thanks, but I'm good, right? You say thanks for your concern. I'm doing what's best for me. And now we come on to number four. And again, you've acknowledged them. You've set that boundary. i I'm doing what I know is best for me, but maybe if that same person brings it up again, you'll find that tell it like it is, is maybe a little more appropriate for being a bit more firm in setting that boundary and letting them know, I don't like what you're saying. This is not okay. Can we talk about something else? So an example of tell it like it is statement might be, hey, your comments on my eating or my choices are really not helpful right now. So again, you're not taking it in a negative tone. You're not necessarily telling them off. 
you're trying to have effective communication in that moment with the individual. We're meeting them with kindness, but we're also simply saying your comments, your opinions to whatever I'm doing right now, whether it's my food choice, my body, my movement are just not helpful and I don't want to hear them or I'm not in the place to hear any more of them. And whether it's your partner saying this, your parents saying this, your friends are continuously on your back making these comments, saying the same things over and over again, you handle this in the way that feels best for you. But I really feel like for the people who keep saying things over and over and over, and it seems like they just don't hear you or you can't get through to them, this tell it like it is method can be really helpful because you are telling it like it is. You're firmly saying, I hear you and your comments are not helpful to me right now. I know you might mean them with positive intentions, but I can tell you they're leading me to a place that's not healthy for me or my mindset. And I fully recognize that it might take some time for you to work up to be in a place where you're using this strategy. And so I want to encourage you that wherever you are in your journey as you're listening to this podcast, just be kind to yourself as you decide how you're going to challenge these comments because this is not easy. It's not simple to stand up to these comments, especially if it's coming from a superior, a loved one who just wants the best for you, but they don't necessarily see how their comments are being harmful. So hold some space for yourself. Be as kind as you can as you try to acknowledge that like any activity, like a hobby or a sport, like public speaking, anything like that, that you did for the first time, you very likely got better at it or at least more comfortable with it the more you tried it. And truly the same thing applies here. You might not start with that same strategy again. You might not start with strategy number four. You might start with changing the subject or checking in, being friendly about it. Then maybe a couple weeks or months later, you hop into telling it like it is. But wherever you are, just be kind to yourself and know that everybody's different. And this may take some time depending on where you're coming from and the people you're having conversations with. So to finish off with the fifth strategy, this one adds some spice. Yes, we're going to get a little bit spicy with it. Like, hey, have you heard of minding your own business? Or hey, have you ever heard of keeping your eyes on your own plate? This might be bordering on a little bit of attitude behind your words. (laughs) I think this will really change depending on you and your personality and who you're having these conversations with. I wouldn't necessarily recommend adding spice with your new boss that you just started working for, but then you might not have that job for much longer. So if it's someone who said these things again and again and again, and you've changed the subject, you've been friendly about it, you've checked in, you've told it like it is, but they're still not getting it. And maybe it's someone who, you know, you're comfortable with, you love each other. And even though you may not like what each other is saying, I would recommend adding the spice. Clear and simple, direct, hey, mind your own business. Hey, mind your own plate. I'm doing what's best for me. You don't live in my body. I live in my body. I know my cues, my preferences, my hunger signals, whatever that might look like for you. So add a little bit of spice, put a little bit of sass in there. There is nothing wrong with that. You are allowed to respect your own boundaries. And sometimes putting it this way helps to give people the wake up call that they need. So I hope that you found this conversation helpful about the five ways to handle diet talk. And this by no means is an exhaustive list. I definitely have other strategies that I talk about with my clients. There are many different ways you can go about it. And as I've said, how you choose to handle this is completely up to you and your comfort level and who you're having these conversations with. But the main takeaways from this episode, first and foremost, commenting on someone else's plate. If you're not someone that they've asked for comments from, right? Unsolicited comments about anyone's food choices, about their bodies, about their movement or health choices is not appropriate. 
And no matter how well-meaning you might be, I'm willing to bet that how that individual is going to receive it is not going to be helpful or healthy for them, but rather it might lead them to second-guessing themselves, feeling distressed with their body or their cues, maybe even spiraling into some disordered or really unhealthy behaviors along that line. And remember too, to give yourself compassion, be kind to yourself as you work through and challenge these things. It's not going to be easy and it's going to be different for everybody. So please start where you are comfortable and remember that the more you challenge, the more you set these boundaries over time, the easier respective to where you first started, this might be. And as always, thank you so much for joining me on the Food Freedom Life podcast. If you find any value from today's episode or other episodes that you've heard on the podcast, I would be so forever grateful if you took a moment to tap those five stars, leave a review so other people can start and find the show. And last but not least, if you are listening on any device, take a screenshot, upload it to social media, give me a tag at the Food Freedom Life, maybe share this episode with a friend or family members who are also looking for ways to stay focused on their journey and manage all this diet talk that can be really challenging. So for the last time, thank you so much for being here. Take care and I will chat with you next week. Before we close out for the week, I have a very exciting announcement and that is that my group coaching program, Food Freedom University, is officially opening once again for enrollment for our September 18th and 19th start date. This is a four-month virtual coaching program not only to break you out of binge eating, overeating, poor body image, and emotional eating patterns, but to also kickstart your journey with food freedom and cultivate a healthful life with balance and ease of food and exercise. If you're feeling alone in your struggle, if you really thrive from hearing from others who are in the same place as you and want to form a community around healing and empowering yourself to break free from these patterns for good, group coaching is for you. We get started September 18th or 19th, so perfect timing to finish off your summer right and have you feeling supported during the holidays and in a better place with food and body image. Head over to brittanyallisonrd.com slash group hyphen coaching to learn more and book a free consult with me to see if it's a good fit to enroll. The link will also be in the show notes. But again, that's brittanyallisonrd.com slash group hyphen coaching.